Welcome everyone to House on Fire and Austin Oaks Church Parenting Podcast, where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And this evening, I have Eric Quintana on with us. Eric, how you doing, man? Doing great. I appreciate you being here. And uh, tell just a few things about yourself, Eric, so our listeners know, as well as maybe a little bit about your family. Um, I So I'm the eighth grade uh, youth leader right now for um, for the boys. I've been doing youth for many, many, many years, long, long before I came to Austin Oaks. Yeah. And... Uh, and so it's just, it's really been a, just a great adventure. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, my, uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Robin. And uh, I don't know what else you want to know. I'm an engineer at Intel. Uh, that's yes. my real. You uh, manage guys to build things. I, I, I built that. I built, hey, you know the latest uh, Intel Core? That's, that's my work, man. Man, okay. <laughs> so everyone go out and buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, did you used to uh, uh, build video games, Eric? Yes. Am I, I remembering that correctly? Correct. Okay. Is there like a video game that's like, that was your baby? There's two or three out there. They're so old, but you can you can look them up on Google. Um, look for um, a game called Paddle Pinball. It's one of the earliest ones. Okay. Because you were building these like in the 80s? Yes. Okay. Pre-80s. Pre-80s. Okay. Not not the 50s, though. The 70s. 70s. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize computers existed in the 70s, but I guess they did. Not, they weren't called PCs. What were they called then? I mean, it was just, you know, you had an Apple II or you had okay. a, you had a, a TRS-80 or those were the just... The main ones? The main ones. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> awesome. And you uh, have a couple of groups that you lead as well, not just the eighth grade guys, but also uh, you have a couple of discipleship groups. I do at, at you that you have at your house, maybe an adult group, and then a, a young adult one. So one one of the things that I do is I love. Um, so I um, I like to go to the gym and work out, um, and but that is a ministry. Uh, it's an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. So yeah. I actually speak to into the lives of guys at the gym and then try to get them to come into one of my, and so I have a um, kind of a young adults group on one of the nights and yeah. and then just the other group is just a normal small group, right? Yeah. Cool. Good deal. Well, the co- conversation we're going to have this evening is uh, one that I'm really excited for us to talk about. And that is what is the gospel? And so we've talked a lot about it, and uh, we've been talking a lot about it in our student ministry with our students and with our leaders in youth ministry, and um, <clears throat> something that I think is very misunderstood in many, many ways. And so I am really excited for all the emails and the text messages to come <laughs> my way in the coming days and weeks due to all the things that you're about to say, Eric, because yeah, it's going to be great. So it's going to be great. So let's just uh, dive in, man. What uh, what is the gospel? So um, I, I do want to preface that I um, I uh, was already working on this before you asked me this I know, because awesome. because uh, I I've been struggling for a long time what exactly is the gospel because occasionally you know I would disagree on at some point with someone and that person would say well we disagree on that point but we at least we agree on the essentials and that always confused me I'm like 
well, what are the essentials? You know, that's not where, yeah. who decides that? So, yeah. <clears throat> so I will talk a little bit about how I came up with that. But first, let me just read, read what I have here, the gospel. And this is, oh, here we go. So God created us to glorify him by serving him, but we have rejected him and rejected our purpose for which we were made. Thus, as creatures of sin, we look forward to a terrifying judgment and the eternal flames of the wrath of God. Mm. However, God has sent his own son in the flesh as the Messiah, Jesus, who suffered on the cross as substitute and died as payment for sins, was buried, and who was resurrected from the grave to redeem those people God has chosen to adopt for himself. Everyone, everywhere, is called to repent, but those who actually repent and truly love God and love serving him following his commandments are the individuals whom God calls the sons of God. All others remain in the wrath of God. God greatly loves those who abide in him and will reward them with a future inheritance, a future renewed body, and deep joy and fulfillment. Therefore, as Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Man, that's uh, that is a few sentences. But there's a there's a lot in here. It, it's pretty meaty. Yeah, it is. It's even a little. I'm looking at the shared note, and it, there's a you changed a few little phrases. Actually. I did. I I, so. touch, I I keep touching it. I can't leave, get keep my fingers <laughs> off of this. So no, it's great. So, it's great. So I mean, that's a good point though, because I'm still growing, right? I, yeah. I'm still wrestling, and and people like you and anyone else who comes up and say, Hey, I have a problem with this. And we talk about it and you, you know, you know what? I need to change that, you know? And yeah. so that's, that's how this document is, is, is coming along. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> but, um, all of these statements, as you know, has scripture behind it. Yes. And, yeah. And I, I would love to dive into some of these passages actually. And, um, you know, and we were even talking a little bit, like it, it just frustrates me a little bit that just, God didn't lay out like in the book of whatever, you know, in the book of Matthew. Yeah. Here's here's the things you need to say when you preach the gospel. You, you want it to be very simple and straightforward. And you know, in many ways it is, but Yes. But, yeah. But but I understand what you're saying and and I and I've said, right, that and cuz I've wrestled with this as well. He wants me and you to wrestle with this, with yeah. the truth. And, and the more we dig and chew and meditate, that's why it says meditate day and night. Yeah. You know, the more you're actually going to gr- grow. The Holy Spirit is kind of opening your eyes day to day. Yeah. Again, day to day pours forth speech. So yeah. you're supposed to be constantly chewing on this. And then you start to realize more and more as you go. Yeah. And that's what he wants. It's not a one and done that, yeah. you know, you, you just want, okay, here it is done. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not one and done. No, it is not. It is not. And even different, you know, uh, men and, and women in the scripture, they, they preach the gospel differently at times. Even the book of Acts, you see that the gospel is presented differently depending on the audience and, mm-hmm. And Paul does the same thing, and so uh, it's um, it's good nonetheless. Yeah, so that's what motivated. So in, in this particular presentation, I'll go over it one more time, but 
the reason it's written the way it is is because um, in some presentations in the Bible, so let's take the, the classic like 1 Corinthians 15, um, there he, he mainly focuses on Jesus died and was buried and was resurrected according to the scriptures. Yeah. Okay. But he doesn't mention anything like, you know, God created you and we have the sin problem. He doesn't mention that. Yeah. And so, but, uh, but when he talks to the, to the Greeks in, in, uh, in Acts 17, he starts off with God created you and all of us, you know, yeah. and, and so he presents, he goes back further and say, we have a problem yeah. before he gets to the solution. And so to me, that's what we need today. <clears throat> if we leave out the problem, I think, you know, people in America today don't know what the problem is. If you, if you say Jesus yeah. died for your sins, they're kind of like, so yeah like i don't really i don't need that yeah, i'm good I mean, you know right right yeah no for sure well let's let's look at each statement even look at the mm-hmm. the scripture passages that you chose for each one and um and actually i'm gonna have to find a way to put all this in the show notes i don't think i've ever really done that but i think it'd be really helpful for people to be yeah able to, if, if this was a video you'd, you could put the <laughs> verses up on the screen yes but, but uh <laughs> it's just you and i and there ain't no no uh, camera in here yeah, so, so. No, that's great no you, you do need to have like some notes and and again maybe this could be put online or something like that yeah know? yeah for sure so the first statement there go ahead so the first statement again god created us to glorify him by serving him but we have rejected him and rejected our purpose for which we were made Thus, as creatures of sin, we look forward to a terrifying judgment and the eternal flames of the wrath of God. So most people don't have a problem when I say, uh, this is the problem statement, this whole thing right here. Most people don't have a problem when I say God created us to glorify him. But when I add the, by serving him, then bristle, you know, people bristle already at that. Yes. Yes, they do. Wait a minute. Like, you mean I'm going to have to, like, be all in and involved and <clears throat> have to participate in this? And Now, I realize there's baggage, you know, because sure. I feel like, uh, I feel like we, uh, we've been hurt by various churches at times or people in the church. Yeah. And so there's baggage that we have. And so we hate some of this, this terminology. For sure. Um, <clears throat> but, but the thing I love about mm-hmm. it's all found in Scripture, yeah, yeah. Like that, you know, this terminology, if it's offensive to us or if we've been hurt by somebody else, that's, you know, that's a very unfortunate thing, but yet these these truths still exist in Scripture. Yeah. Um, so I, I like to give the analogy, um, well, here, let me, let me start off with Ephesians 2.10. You know, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So he's already determined. This is not for you to decide what you do. God's already determined. This is what I made you for. Yeah. Right. And I remember asking you, Eliza, like, why in the world would you add serving at the very beginning? Just, I'm like, why? Like, and usually when I think of serving, I, I normally think of like serving at church or something like that. But it's, but I mean, and that's a fine thing. But, mm-hmm. but in the context of Ephesians 2.10, it's like we were created to work for the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've, I've tried to tell people when, like especially in the next life, when we are working for God, because that's what we're going to be doing, by the way, 
is working, not yeah. sitting on a cloud with a harp, um, it's fulfilling. It's going to be, mm. it's what you were made for. You, yeah. you, I don't know if you get to experience that in, in real life, but occasionally we do. And, it, and you just love doing what you're doing because yeah. it, it's so fulfilling. Yep. And, I, and that is the, so that's what I mean by serving the Lord. It's really yeah. something you, you should look forward to. It's not something to bristle over. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've given, I'll just say real quick, the analogy of the, you know, if I make a car and, uh, and I, I want that car to, you know, I made it to drive people around. I made it for a reason, you know, yeah. and if the car decides, oh, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to do something else. Like, I'm like, well, but, but I didn't make you for that. You know, I made you to drive people around. Well, don't tell me what to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, you know, and I'm like, well, if, if the car won't go, eventually I'm going to get frustrated with this car. It's not doing what it was made to do. And I'm yeah. going to melt that thing down. Heck yeah. You know, so um, I know that's a crude description, but it's just we were made for a purpose. Yeah. And, and so we are made to walk in that purpose. In Absolutely. God. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, the rest, but, but I feel like we have rejected him. So when we reject our purpose, that's a rejection of God Mm. basically. Yeah. And, uh, and so therefore we are creatures of sin because we don't do what we were made to do. Yeah. And, uh, then I said, we look forward to, to a terrifying judgment and the eternal flames of the wrath of God. So there's, those are a lot of those words are trigger words, but, um, it is terrifying. It's not a judgment of. I don't know. It's it's not a happy judgment, right? <laughs> no, it <laughs> is not. Um, <clears throat> and we know we're going to fail. That's why it's terrifying. Mm. Um, and uh, um, and that I pick that word because it's that comes out of Hebrews. It says terrifying, and then the eternal flames of the wrath of God. So Jesus talks about flames a lot. Yeah, it, we know it's eternal. But the reason why I said the wrath of God is because that's what what's being ha- what's happening in hell. Instead of notice, I didn't say hell, I didn't say we go to hell. I just yeah. said the the real punishment is the the pouring out of God's wrath on people. So that's our yeah. real issue. So that's our problem. Yeah, and everyone has that problem. Yeah, and so absolutely right well and you know and just to, i'm going to quote these passages here hebrews nine twenty seven. and just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment in hebrews ten twenty seven. but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries and then first thessalonians 1 10 jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come right Isn't that interesting? He delivers us from the wrath. I just, yeah, it's fascinating to me, and it, it, and and that's one thing I've, I've been in context before where that's not talked a lot about, you know, and and I do, and I, I have heard it mentioned a good amount at our church, which I'm grateful for in terms of just sin and, um, and I think it's really really important for us to understand those key things when it comes to, um. I mean, if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus, you know, and not only that, but if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus, we better know the gospel. And if we don't know the gospel, then how are we going to be able to communicate that same gospel truth to other people and lead them, help, you know, lead them to a right understanding of what God is? I think we, we talked a little bit about like, 
the good news. Mm-hmm. It it's it's really it's like reading a newspaper. It's new. It's facts. Mm-hmm. Like it's facts about who God is, mm-hmm. and uh, what God has done. What He's done. Yeah. yeah. Like it's facts about what God has done. If you like it or not, they're still true. Right. Right. And so, just really, really important for us to, I think, as followers of Jesus, be willing to embrace what Scripture has to say. You know. You know when I'm talking to a total stranger i normally don't talk about the eternal flames of the wrath of god you know that's (laughs) normally what i don't say but i but i try to get there in some equivalent way Mm -hmm. um of just saying well you know we're all selfish that i can usually start with that and and they'll kind of yeah we are all kind of selfish and you go from there yeah you know and just to point that we have a problem yeah you know no that's good that's really really good so well, that's that's the issue, and so um, let's bring in here um, the solution. The solution, yes. So the next paragraph. Who, however, God has sent His own Son in the flesh as the Messiah, Jesus, who suffered on the cross as substitute and died as payment for sins, was buried, and who was resurrected from the grave to redeem those people God has chosen to adopt for himself. There's a lot in there. <clears throat> There's a lot. Most, you know, most people don't have a lot of problems with this section. Um, they pretty much can, can nod in agreement with it. Yeah, especially if you've been in the church mm-hmm. uh, for any duration of time. This is a section most people don't have a lot of, a lot of issues with. And so I, I am intrigued. <clears throat> um, why... Uh, Why'd you put as the Messiah, Jesus? Well, um, what is the Messiah? The Messiah is God's chosen, anointed um, person, you know, who has come to basically die for our sins. But um, I didn't, I could have, it's the equivalent to the word Christ. Mm. But we're, see, one thing I'm trying, I'm trying to avoid words that that you just kind of don't listen to anymore you you've heard the word christ so much yeah jesus christ and that's his first and last name yeah Eric, that's right? what everyone thinks <laughs> and and uh so i thought you know i'm going to use the word messiah messiah means christ yeah and to try and highlight um this is god's approved appointed you know anointed yeah that's what the jews were looking for that's why they were always looking for the the messiah like who is it who is it you know yeah no, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I would agree. But there's oftentimes many of the words that we just we get numb to, and <clears throat> and we maybe even say often, but don't haven't really even thought truly what that has meant. You know. Yeah. In fact, some verses um, when they say you know the Christ, I mean that just means that's an that's a position. Like you know, they don't, that doesn't say who it is. It just says the anointed one, whoever mm-hmm. that is. Right? Yeah. We know it's Christ, but you know they were always wondering who that was. Yeah, for sure. No, that's good. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. Oftentimes people don't include the resurrection in sharing the gospel. Um, I think that they oftentimes will include, like, Jesus died for you. Um, but, I mean, oftentimes I don't think people really even add in that he was buried and rose from the dead. And so uh, why do you think that is often, Eric? I don't, I can't answer why they're not saying it, but I do. Uh, my experience is that there's power in the resurrection. I mm-hmm. mean, and I, cause I've seen it where I was telling someone, 
you know, Jesus died. They didn't, they were okay with that. He was buried. They were okay with that. But as soon as I mentioned it, and then he rose again, they flew off the handle. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I thought we were having just a nice, pleasant conversation. And they were, and they got so angry. Like, Don't you tell me that. Don't you tell me that. And I was like, what did I do? I pushed, I pushed the button, you know. Did they tell you why? <clears throat> um, no, they, they didn't. They themselves didn't know. I mean, they mm. were just furious that I was saying mm. that, that Jesus rose from the dead because he was insisting, no, he didn't. Mm. And um, so I thought, okay, this is, this is our, uh, I mean, a point that maybe we can talk about. And, yeah. But, it, but I, I'm just saying there's power in saying if I hadn't have said that, he would have been, he would have been, had a big smile on his face and nod and he didn't care. Yeah. You know, I, I had a conversation with someone last night and they talked about how their spouse was a member of a church. And I actually regret not asking, what do you mean by that? Because knowing this particular neighbor, I don't think they are involved in a biblical community at all, but they're, but they're a member at this church. And so I, anyway, I left the conversation last night thinking, <clears throat> I really wish I would have pressed into that. I was... Maybe it would have been an opportunity. He would have flew off the handles maybe. <laughs> now I don't know. So, um, well, you've got some passages here uh, to help reiterate this particular aspect of, of what Christ has done. And so let, let's quote those so that way people can, can know where these are found in the scripture here. Um, these are by no means um, what thir- like the all of them right? yeah you can find all kinds of oh yes I, I, the ones i picked here so in titus 2 13 jesus says jesus i'm sorry god and savior jesus christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession mm. who are zealous for good works i mean that's a very inclusive statement that's yeah. almost everything i said yeah yeah, it's really good. But you can also, I, I mean, I put down First um, Corinthians 15 because it's it's a classic. Jesus died for our sins according with the scriptures, that he was buried and then he was raised the third day according to the scriptures. And then, um, let's see. Now, this kind of gets into some stuff that's, that's a little harder to take. So Romans 8, 28 all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So this is kind of highlighting, um, well, here in 1 Corinthians six nineteen, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So yeah. it's, it's highlighting the fact that, I mean, God, I mean, basically God paid for you. He now owns you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, yeah. Um, and, and, Okay, so I guess that's about all I can say from those those verses here. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and and they're great. I, I think it's important for us to understand these things that we, like that God has called mm-hmm. according to His purpose, and even Romans eight twenty eight, like all things work together for good. It you cannot just quote the first half of that verse, mm-hmm. like because that's not true for everybody. Yeah, you know and. So- and I'm not, so you didn't quote this first half, but I often, it's one of those verses that God works all things for the good. And I'm like, well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You got to keep reading. It's for the good of what? For those yeah. who are called according to his purpose. Right. It's for those who are called according to his purpose. So that's what makes this limited, you know? Yeah. And uh, I know I'm stepping on toes right there, but, but 
everything I see here shows that there's this, this is there's a limitation here. Yeah. It's not for the whole world because if he died for the whole world, then the whole world would be saved. Yeah. And and because the accomplished member, you were redeemed on the cross. It's accomplished on the cross. It's not accomplished later when you decide to accept Jesus. It's accomplished on the cross. Explain that more because I agree, and that's what I see in Scripture, but I think many wouldn't see it that way. Um, yeah, I don't know how pre- – <laughs> I didn't prepare for that. But, not, but, sorry. Uh, but uh, I, I just know, like, remember, on the cross, Jesus says, it is finished, and yeah. that's what he means. I mean, it's done. So you are now – I mean, that's when the curtain was torn, yeah. was on the cross. Now you have access to God, yeah. where, you know, whereas you, you – know, it's not, it's not you know, waiting for you to now – you know, make a transaction afterwards. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no worries. We, we can talk forever on this, but I didn't. No, I know. And, and we, uh, we, <laughs> we've had many conversations about this, but I am intrigued. Uh, so you, you made a statement that Jesus did not die for the world. Correct. Okay. And I'm curious, which Bible passages would you use to back that up? Well, you know, I would probably go to John. Um, and, and for those who are listening, you, Eric is a guy you should come up to and just ask him a Bible question, and he'll probably have oh, the answer I, for it. Yeah, I would love it. And by the way, at, at any of this you disagree with, like, or you, you're just having trouble with it, just grab me or let's get together. I, I'm happy to go over this and yeah. talk about it. Um I realize it causes emotions and stuff like that. If, but yeah. if we can have a, a just a regular conversation, then that's yeah. that's really what we want. Yeah. Because um, look, I've cried for months over this. So this is this. I didn't just decide one night. Oh, you know, it's it's limited. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. This this was really tough. But yeah. I would probably go. There's a number of places, but let's say John 16, where he's praying for his disciples. Jesus is praying for the disciples. Yes. And one of the things that he says in there is I, he doesn't, he's not praying for the world. Yeah. I'm very intrigued by this. It's a, and, and so, well, that tells me he does, that's not who he died for. He says he's praying for those who believed and he's praying for those who will believe, yeah. but not the world. Yeah. He refuses to pray for the world. So that's a pretty powerful problem that you got to overcome. You yeah. Know, if, if you, if you say it's for the whole world. Sure. Um, and the other thing too is I feel I, we know a lot of the other passages like and you you may go to First Timothy or um, there's other places where he, where the word world pops up and yeah. oh oh um, First John for example it's in there too mm-hmm. so um, but those pat those the concern in those letters is more about he's trying to include Gentiles and the Jews are having a problem including Gentiles. And so the point of those passages, like Paul says, I'm a pastor, you know, I'm supposed to reach out to, you know, um, it's not just for the Jews is what he's trying to say. It's, it's Jews and Gentiles, not just the Jews, but, and so he's saying, I'm, I'm trying to reach all people. He doesn't mean every single individual he means, different types of people for sure now what would you say because i mean heck non-believers and believers alike are going to know john three sixteen. 
I know I'm bringing this stuff up, Eric. I know I'm, we're going down rabbit trails, <laughs> oh, but I boy. do appreciate it. But okay, sure. So, because I mean that, and that's I mean Christians and non-Christians alike. Yeah, it's one of the most. Favorite. I, you know, they're going to say, "Well, like now," and I and very much aware that there are people in different theological camps on many, many sides and all that kind of stuff. But, um, so I just, I mean, if I was listening, I'd be like, well, Eric, like, bro, John three sixteen, man. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a, it's a great, um, so let, let me just, first of all, I'm, I'm going to answer your question, but let me throw a few other verses at you first. Okay. So in first John two fifteen it says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Yeah. Right there. That includes God, by the way. <laughs> so you better not, you know, God does not love the world. He does not. Yeah. You know, he, he um, um, if you do not know, f or in James 4, 4, do you not know mm -hmm. friendship with the world is enmity with God? Yeah. Um, I just said John, oh, 17, 9, Jesus, Jesus refuses to pray for the world. Um, okay. The passage you're bringing up, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. So right there, you're trying to say, see, see, God loves the world. It says, for God so loved the world, right? Yeah, That's Eric, what it says. Yeah, it's in the Bible, man. Yeah, the, the, what, what okay. What, the word so in that passage, um, uh, I mean, I always ask people, like, what do you think the word so means? It's just you need to really emphasize yeah, it. It's so know? most people think the word so means a lot. Like, ooh, you know, just a lot. He so loves. Yeah. But that's not what it means. And it can't, if you look in the Greek, it's not even an option in the Greek. Like, that's not at all what it means. It's more of a like so. It's more of a thus. It means in the same way. And so, um, and if you, so this is more like, he, what he's really saying is, this is how God loved the world. He's not saying he loves the world, but this this is the way he expresses his love to the world in that. And so, like one uh, a summary. So what you have to say is the same as what. And it's the previous. You have to look at the previous verses before this verse. It's so if I said like like if you know Brandon you know preached just a uh, you know a, a very uh, emotional sermon. And then I go, and Lucas so preached, right? It means you did it the same way, hmm. right? You so preached. I don't mean you so preached, like really yeah. hard preached. You see the difference? You yeah. see, the word so means in the same way. That's the, what it always meant. But what's happened is English changed. When when that was originally translated many years, many decades, uh, centuries ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have a problem with that. But it's like, if I say, you know, Lucas is so sick, you know. <laughs> I'd be like, he's the coolest guy ever. Yeah, exactly. But see, people, other people like, wait, he's got a disease? He's like, got, co he's got you, COVID. You know, no, no, I mean, you know, he's cool. And, but but English changed. Yeah. English changed. So this, this is the reason why we have different Bibles, right? We It's for yeah. this very reason here. You need a new version of the Bible because English changes. Yeah. And, and if you don't believe me on this one, I mean, your ESV Bible has the, the corrected translation in a footnote. You can just go yes. look it up yourself. I actually checked this. When he told me this, I, I was like, I'm going to check to see if Eric is right. And I pulled out my ESV, ESV study Bible, and sure enough, it was right there. Yeah, so... 
So my point is they even know that this does not mean God loves the world. That's not what that means. And, and they wrote it in a footnote, but they don't dare change the verse because if they were to change the verse, you wouldn't buy that Bible. <laughs> Because you'd be like you, t- you changed my th- John three sixteen. Yeah, my my go to verse. You know. Yeah. So so okay. So that all makes sense. But my question is: so then, how do you in- accurately interpret John three sixteen? Because it still includes the word world. So this is the, this is the way I translate it. This is my version, right? My translation. I just said God. Remember, he's comparing this to after being bit on the snake by a snake that to go look at a snake on the pole. That's what he's comparing this to. So that so I'm saying is, is God loves the world in the same way that he killed people with snakes for sin and yet saved some who looked at the snake on the pole. And remember, mm. God's the one killing the people, right? He's the one who sent the snakes. So that's like, oh man, I, I'm, I kind of, I kind of hate going over this because this just sounds so terrible. But it, but it's not. It, I don't mean it to be you know, like God is this meanie and, and terrible. But that's what was happening at the time. Yeah. And and just the same way, we're going to get judged for our sin, and that you go, well, is God a meanie for that? No, I mean he's making a way out. Yes. Right, and so. It's just, but it sounds terrible when I say it like that. Well, I mean, you're just, these are the facts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and I would, you know, I, your interpretation of John 3.16 lines up because more with what I see elsewhere in scripture. Because I've been thinking, like, I'm like, okay, anywhere else in the Bible does it say that God loves the world? And there's nowhere. And, and I haven't found it. Now, we've been going through Deuteronomy on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. and, and so I've been, been on the look, you know, and, and God does say that he loves the nation of Israel many times. He loves his people. He loves his people. He and so, people. but I, I've been pondering for the last few weeks. I'm like, is there a verse that I can point to that gives evidence that God says he loves the world? And I now haven't found it yet. His people are scattered amongst the world. Yeah. So he loves his people among it throughout the world. Yeah. You could say it like that. Yeah. He loves his people throughout the world, yeah. but he doesn't love the whole, you know, every individual in the world. That's not the way to say it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it just so intrigues me that I just can't help but like, why would God choose me? That's a, that's the point. I just, that's it, the whole point. You're getting it then. You're supposed to be like, well, then why would he, why did he pick me? Yeah. Cause I'm no better than my neighbor. Why didn't he, why didn't he pick my neighbor? You know? Yeah. That's exactly what you're supposed to say. That's how I feel. All right. Sorry for the rabbit trail. I just, uh, yeah. And I know we've talked a lot about this and it's been good for me as I think through the implications of the gospel for, um, you obviously don't get enough email. Oh, I get enough emails. I get enough just, emails. Just you wait. So maybe we'll have to have a series of of gospel podcasts just to keep the emails coming. Maybe I'll just forward them to you and just okay. I'll just sit till everybody Eric will answer the question. Actually, okay. So we've talked about the problem. We've talked about the solution here. Um, 
looked at those passages of scripture. So now we're on to um, everyone everywhere is called to repent. Yeah. So you see this, and let me just read it first. Um, everyone everywhere is called to repent. But those who actually repent and truly love God and love serving him, uh, following his commandments, are the individuals that God calls the sons of God. All others remain in the wrath of God. Yeah. So I pick the word remain. I mean, that that same language. I mean, you, if you like John 3.16, just keep reading, you know, because it says um, that the wrath of God remains on, on those who don't come to him. Yeah. Right. So that's just straight out of John. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, Jesus, when Jesus preaches the gospel, if you want to call it the gospel, I mean, he basically says, repent for the kingdom is at hand. That's what he says. And that's always like I intrigued or bothered me or like, what the heck? Why, why don't you say any of this? Like, uh, you know, you got to trust me. You've got to invite me into your heart. Like, why, why doesn't he say that? Well, you know, Eric, you have to bring that up. And I can't think of a Bible verse that, that would help us to iterate the fact that we should ask people to ask Jesus into their hearts. And I think it could be helpful. I'm not discrediting it. You know, saying that it's a horrible thing. The the word receive is in the Bible a couple of places, yeah. but but it's not. It's really not uh, emphasized that you need to you know ask Jesus into your heart. That's not yeah. the way it's it's really used. But um, so why repent? Like why? Because I mean, I've been doing my quiet time in the Book of Mark, and he says over and over and over, "Repent for the kingdom of heaven is is at hand." Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So my my speculation is my theory is that um, Jesus knows that repent you can't repent unless you have the Holy Spirit. Re- repentance comes after salvation. So explain that. Um. Well, I mean, you're you're basically born with a sin nature, right? And our sin nature prevents us from from being righteous like we can't be the bible's constantly saying be you know do these righteous things whatever and you 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 can't because it's not your nature you're incapable of doing it and so um as a as a non-believer who is not in a relationship with god correct correct and so um remember when uh when jesus asked Peter, like, who do you say that I am? You know, Peter goes, well, you're the son of God, the Messiah. And and Jesus is like, ooh, flesh and blood did not, you know, figure that out. Hmm. I'm botching it. but No, you're fine. He didn't didn't just come up with that on his own. He did not not reveal it to him. That's what I said. It didn't reveal, but my father in heaven. In other words, that told Jesus, aha, my father has changed your heart because hmm. you couldn't say that otherwise you wouldn't you would not be able to say that so you would say that heart change happens by the work of the holy spirit which then allows us to repent correct and so i believe that what jesus is doing is he's calling everyone to repent because i mean we are we are, we're called to repent but you just can't. But the people who do, aha, you've been changed. Aha, yeah. you know, you've been changed, you know. And, and um, I think that's a, a picture for us. You know, when I'm preaching the gospel, um, a lot of people reject it. But 
but a few, you know, actually respond. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, that tells me, aha, God's working in this person. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, and, and I like how you say, but those who actually repent and love God, because there's a lot of people um, who have, oh, repented at one time. Quote, in air quotes. Yeah, air quotes. Here we go. Air quote, repented and mm-hmm. said, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It could have been a camp. It could have been a retreat or whatever. You know, it could have been just a, you know, I've, 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 I've spent time with people on their on their deathbeds and then they survived and they were repenting like crazy and then they survived and then um, there was not much mm-hmm. uh, desire for to grow in their walk with the Lord after the fact and so har- hard to witness and see those things and so well a, a true relationship with the Lord is is a long term thing right I mean, yeah so that that's kind of I, I like to look at the soils for that kind of like, cause some, some right in some of the soils, the seeds sprang up very quickly. Yeah. They looked good very quickly, but yeah. then they fell away because yeah. they had no root. Um, but, um, you said something that now I've already. Forgot. Well, the, the passages here that you, um, for this particular section, first Corinthians six twenty. So glorify God in your body. Mm-hmm. Matthew four seventeen. repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Titus 2.14, who are zealous for good works. Right. Uh, oh, this is the part. You mentioned loving God, and I just oh, wanted, yes. wanted to add that um, in, in 1 John 5, it, it kind of has, it defines it there. It's to, like my favorite verse right now. Since you, we, it's, ever since I Ever since verse. I was like, what? I've never even, um, I know I've read this, but man, it was, it was really good. Sorry. Um, I'm forgetting. I think it's. Five three. Yep, that's it. Yeah, it five three. Yeah, yeah, first John five three. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. burdensome. Or not a burden. Yeah. Okay. And what I said was that um, not only do you keep His commands, but you love keeping them. They're yeah. not a problem. There's not a burden. You actually like doing it. You know? Yeah. And that's a big game changer you're right because the you know we said the israelites who were who were delivered out of egypt oh yes you know they of course were um sort of quote unquote repenting and they were you know i mean if you i if you had interviewed them on the way and asked them hey do you love god and they'd be like of course i love god what a stupid question (laughs) you know i uh I'm following the stupid cloud, right? I'm eating the stupid manna, right? You know, how dare you ask me if I love God? Yeah, they're well, doing all the right things. They're doing they're doing what they're told to do. However, um, when they got to the promised land, it's it's almost as if God said, "Oh, okay. If you're if you really love me, go in here." Hmm. And they didn't, right? And that was the proof that see your heart is really not with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so it's made me reevaluate in my mind a little bit about like, cause I've often thought to myself, like there's some passages of scripture I struggle with, you know, and I don't necessarily like that they're in there. Um, and there's some things that God has said that I, I'd rather not do, but I'm like, I'm going to do it even though I don't like it. And so then I've thought to myself in those moments, is it, is that better to just do it even though I don't like it? Or 
because my heart's still not in the right place. So it, is it as if I was being disobedient? And I, so I just, cause I've even thought a lot of times in the context of parents. And I think a lot of times, uh, from the outside perspective, looking in from just my observations, I've seen there's times where like church and, uh, involvement and pursuit of God, uh, can be something that can just be relaxed on and like, well, I don't, I'm, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to force my son or daughter to do this or that. And, and I get that. Like that, that's a, te- I mean, attention nonetheless. And in my mind, I've always thought, man, uh, a student at church is a lot better than a student who's not at church. But then I'm just trying to reevaluate out of my mind. Well, Israelites are, they're doing the right stuff, but their heart's far from God. And so anyway, just there's this debacle in my mind. I'm trying to navigate a little bit well, well, i mean you just can you instinctively know like um your your child loves like if, if you say go do this and they're like oh come on and they're just complaining and whatever and they do it yeah but you can tell they're they're angry that doesn't make you feel good does no, it not at all it makes me feel like oh, just that just makes me feel like a crap parent you know or just yeah. well something's wrong okay and yeah and i'm just saying so the Bible is trying to say you love God when you not only do what he says, but you love doing what he says. Yeah. And I realized, well, I've got a problem in many areas, right? Right there. That's going to highlight, you know, cause there are things I do not love. You yeah. Know? And, um, but see, take that as an opportunity. You know what? These are the areas where I need to go to God, right? Yeah. That's what this is. It's like, I need to go to God and, God, I need help here. I'm really, I struggle with this. I don't know that I even understand what you want, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, that's good. Um, and then you mentioned all others remain in the wrath of God in this section. So Psalm seven eleven, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Hebrews 4, 1, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have fallen failed to reach i'm intrigued by this verse you want to talk about it there a little bit um uh, hebrews 4 1 all uh, next to all others remain in the wrath of god oh okay i was like i'm i'm lost here Sorry. okay here he- we go hebrews I found, 4, 1. I, I am, i'm caught up <laughs> okay <laughs> um so um i mean that's that that comes from so Hebrews four and really this is a follow up to Hebrews three so it's really talking about that section is talking about the people in the wilderness just like I told you and their heart was really not for God and and, and so it's saying they missed it because in other words they didn't enter the enter God's rest yeah. because of their disbelief it's interesting if you go look at that passage it interchanges the word dis, uh, belief and obedience. Mm. Those two, it, inter, it flips them. And so, like, you think, oh, they didn't go in because they didn't believe. And then it switches, oh, no, because of their disobedience. Mm. And, oh, wait, which is it? Well, it's both. Yeah. And so Hebrews 4, 1 is the therefore, you know, uh, while the promise of entering is rest still stands let us fear lest any of you seem to have missed it because you know they had the gospel back then just like we have it today yeah now i mean it's the old testament version but they were supposed to just 
well, I mean, God had simply just told them, go into the promised land. It wasn't that hard, but they weren't trusting God. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, you know, that's a great scene to read, reread, because Caleb is like, no, come on, you know, look at what God has done for us. How can you not trust him now? You yeah. know, and uh, yeah, you want to be like that Caleb is what you want. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. That's really good. Um, and then the uh, let's look at here at the last couple of sections here. Um, God greatly loves those. Yeah, God greatly loves those who abide in him and will reward them with a future inheritance, a future renewed body, and deep joy and fulfillment. Mm. And I just, I put this here because I really wanted, I, I'm I'm fearful that here we're, we've been talking about wrath of God and the problems of like that, but I mean, God ha- is a God of love, and I just want to reiterate that. Yeah. And, um, and so he does greatly love the people that abide in him, notice it is conditional yeah but i mean i mean if you're in god you're in god so i mean that you know it's a done deal so yeah. i'm not not worried i I'm, i don't believe you can lose salvation yeah and uh he's going to reward you with a future inheritance that's mentioned many times a yeah. future renewed body and deep joy and fulfillment and when i say deep joy and fulfillment remember we are going to be working for god but again, it's just it's a it's a fulfilling job. I mean, and the joy of being in the we'll be in the presence of the Lord. I mean, there's yeah. all, so many things that we could talk about oh, that man. that's just going to be awesome at that time. Yeah, no, for sure. And you you quote Ephesians one thirteen, the promise Holy Spirit, in verse fourteen, who is the guarantor of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Philippians three twenty. We await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 21, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. Romans eight thirty one. if God is for us, who can be against us? In the verse 32, he, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, who will he not also with him graciously give us all yeah, things. How will, how will he Sorry. not give up? You know, not also give graciously all things to us. You know, I mean, the, yeah. it, that right there is just saying he really, really loves you. You know, so don't don't forget that at all. Yeah. And so, I mean, just looking at these particular, and there's other people who have summarized, you know, um, different ways of just summar- summarizing the gospel um, and that are helpful and I think beneficial. And so uh, just a couple observations here. Um and we've been having this conversation because we've been talking a lot about um, asking our students on Wednesday nights, like, hey, like, why are, like, why are you a follower of Jesus? H- how do you know you're a follower of Jesus? Mm-hmm. And even, even you know, like, hey, like, I'm a non-believer, let's say, for example, and lead me to the Lord. And, man, it's it's been borderline depressing. Um in many ways that responses of students um because you're not hearing what you want to hear well it's not so much what i want to hear but i I hear a lot more of like well like i've been a christian my whole life and i'm like hey homie like do you have a bible verse to back that up because i've got a few bible verses to say that's not true so you 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 have it, and I know that's not what they're trying to say, yeah. but they're trying to say I've been in church my whole life, and you know, and 
Yeah, that that is. You need to remember that it, they're not really trying to say, you know, I came out of the womb a Christian. <laughs> I know, but I know, but they're but but they are saying, um, but but I don't know that they realize what they're saying. They're basically saying, I've always kind of been in a Christian environment, and so, you know, incrementally, I just slowly kind of became a Christian because that's what was around me. Yeah, but but you should you should counter with, well, wait a minute. You're not a Christian until you have the Holy Spirit. Now, did you get a little Holy Spirit, a little bit more Holy Spirit, a little bit more? No, yeah. that didn't happen. There was a day, yeah, a day when you received the Holy Spirit, if you indeed have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, it is a step function, you know, in, mm-hmm. in engineering terms. It's not. It's not yeah. a. Uh, it it happened one day. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Eric, what would you, how would you encourage parents, you know? Um, Cause I mean, this is a big deal for us, man, we've got to get this right. Like for the sake of, of truth of what God has stated and for the sake of, of leading other people um, to honor God in their lives, man, they've got to know, they've got to know the gospel. If we, if we don't get this right, um, We'll, we'll become heretics, I think, pretty quickly. Um, and so how would you encourage parents to reiterate the gospel in the lives of their sons and daughters? Wow. That's, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, so I, I, uh, um, I'm still kind of wrestling with this, you know, here I am, you know, working with the youth and I, and I'm like, how's the best way to get across to these guys? You know, they need to, um, this is a bigger deal than, than they're making it. Like that's one yeah. thing they, I think it, it's just kind of, well, I, I go, you know, to church cause my friends are here or something like that. But, yeah. and so I see my job is like, I just want to highlight that this is actually kind of important and you kind of yeah. need to, you know, pay attention. Um, um, I think um, one of the things that's really that I've just observed is really spending time in the Bible. So when we started reading through passages and last year we went through first um, Samuel, which is not normally something I, I hear a lot of people and they, they not only loved it, but they were asking really good questions. Like, yeah. why would God do that? And whatever. And so this is perfect, you know. So now I'm kind of sparking their um, thinking and their interest. And, and and I want them to eventually get to the place of, oh, I, I need God, you know. They have to realize that, right? And yeah. it's really, and really, just, it's the Holy Spirit that's got to do that. So yeah. I, I can only be there and do what I can. You know, I look at it as I'm, I'm, uh, you know, hosing people down with the God, with the word of the Lord. That's the way I think of it. And and yeah. and then occasionally I see, oh wait, oh this guy here, you know, is is um, a Christian. I need to talk to him. You yeah. Know? But yeah, no, that's good. It, well, and one thing I appreciate a ton about you, Eric, is, um, you know, I, I I know the gym you go to, and I know you get dragged to the gym <laughs> a lot because there's guys there that you're wanting to have conversations with and. But there's been many, many people that you've dragged into like a discipleship journey. Um, and I, I just, 
man, we just need more of that. And well, well and it helps to hear, I, I, I don't know how to say this it, it, without bragging, but you, you've got to listen to people who are doing it um, because it's mostly failure. Hmm. It's failure after failure after failure. And so, but I find when I tell people that, you know, and like, hey, this guy, I did, the, the, guess what happened today? I went to the gym and this guy cussed me out and he did this and this did, you know. But actually, I find people are kind of encouraged by that when they hear it. I'm like, They're like, oh, you're a failure at this too. Good, good. Cause, yeah. yeah. So um, it takes a lot, a lot, like many, many tries before you actually find, you know, before the Lord shows you, hey, you need to talk to this guy. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been eye-opening for me and also encouraging it's like okay that's just the way it works yes uh nonetheless god still wants to use us to uh reach uh those he has chosen yeah i mean i i wrote a bunch of q a's after this and and one of the questions is like well why do i need to evangelize then if god's doing all the work and and one of the answers is because he loves including his people Mm -hmm. he loves having you Lucas, you know, speaking into people's lives. Cause he wants you to see what God is doing. Yeah. May, and he wants you to be a part of that. So, yeah, no, for sure. Well, I appreciate your wisdom and uh, I'm eager for the emails to flow in Eric. So I appreciate it, man. Your time very, very much, man. It was a you can great email me at dev. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today for uh, the House on Fire podcast. Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. We'll see you next time.